0: Hi, listeners, welcome to the podcast. It's mid December. Christmas is coming very soon. I hope I find you well and in good spirits. You might be wondering about the competition results after having voted for your favourite candidates recently. Thank you if you did vote. That's fantastic. I'll be revealing the results on the podcast soon when I've worked out the specifics of how to proceed with the competition. So, once I've worked out the details of the next step, I will let you know all the results. This episode is sponsored by Luke's English Podcast Premium. I'm sponsoring myself. Go to teacherluke. (inaudible) What? What's Luke? Teacherluke.co.uk/slash/premium info to get the info. Uh, regular lessons with language teaching memory tests for target language and pronunciation drills to work on your speaking with plenty of stupid examples nonsense fun and impressions too series 27 is currently being produced and you can expect to get episodes three to eight in the next few weeks teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info for all the details You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode number 697. Hold on, stop there. It's not actually 697, as you may have worked out. No, I made a mistake. It's actually 695. Okay, so if I say 697 at any point, you know that I actually mean episode 695. Which is called pronunciation pragmatics and procrastination with Emma, which is quite a mouthful, isn't it? Can you say it? Pronunciation pragmatics and pro- pro- whoa, okay, pronunciation pragmatics and procrastination. Pronunciation, not pronunciation. It's actually pronunciation pragmatics and procrastination. That's the difficult one. pro Procrastination. So anyway, what does this mean exactly? Well, I'm going to tell you in this introduction. So what you're going to hear uh, is another conversation with a new guest on the podcast. I've had lots of guests, lots of new guests on the podcast in the last few months. Um, here's another one. This time it's Emma from the YouTube channel Pronunciation with Emma. So what can I say now to set up this conversation for you and help you to enjoy it and learn from it as much as possible? Well, uh, Emma is an English teacher with lots of qualifications in language teaching and linguistics, as you will hear. Um, So pronunciation, pragmatics and procrastination. The pronunciation part is that in her YouTube videos, she focuses on helping learners of English improve their knowledge and use of natural English pronunciation. You know, all the different features that make up natural English speech, including things like the specific vowel sounds and consonant sounds, sentence stress, word stress, intonation, elision, connected speech, and so on. So that's pronunciation with Emma. Um, Emma is particularly interested in pronunciation as it's one of the things that she focused on during her university studies. So we talk about pronunciation, as you might expect, with some bits about different accents and the question of what kind of pronunciation learners of English should aim for and what kind of accent teachers should present to learners of English. Another thing Emma focused on at university was the linguistic area of pragmatics so this is the pragmatics part. When we think about language, we usually analyse it in terms of grammar, vocabulary, or pronunciation. But pragmatics is also a very important thing to consider. David Crystal says it's actually the most important factor to consider when looking at how language works. According to David Crystal, pragmatics is the study of the choices you make when you use language, the reasons for those choices, and effects of that those choices convey. That's a bit abstract at this point, but we do get into some examples during the conversation. Examples like how to phrase requests in English and how different types of requests can give a different impression on the people you're talking to, or more simply, how certain requests can make you seem more or less rude. For example, what's the difference between these things? And let's imagine you're on an aeroplane, Okay, you're on you're on a flight somewhere, and the flight attendant wants you to put your bag under your chair. Right? It's normal. Your bag's in the aisle, and they want um they want you to put it under the chair. And you you're tempted to make a joke. You're tempted to say, "Don't worry, I'll do it." But you wouldn't because that would be awkward and cringeworthy. But anyway, um, so <laughs> you've got an aisle seat. Your bag is in the aisle, right? And uh, the um. Flight attendant wants you to put your bag under your chair. What's the difference between making that request in these different ways? So it could be put your bag under your chair, okay? And please put your bag under your chair. And can you put your bag under your chair? And could you put your bag under your chair, please? And could you just pop your bag under your chair for me, please? Thanks. Okay? So what are, what are the differences in terms of the effects that they would have? on the person being spoken to. That could also apply to the way people use English when requesting things from me in comments or emails, for example, as I discussed in a recent episode, if you remember. And if you don't remember too. I mean, I did discuss it, whether you remember it or not. It's a funny phrase. Oh, I did, you know, I did that before, if you remember. And if you don't remember, I still did it. It doesn't make a difference. Anyway, do you remember me talking about making polite requests? Well, there's more of that kind of stuff, and that's the bit about pragmatics. But this episode, as we know, is called Pronunciation, Pragmatics, and Procrastination with Emma. And uh, I've mentioned the pronunciation and pragmatics, so what about the procrastination part? Well, this relates to Emma's other online English teaching channel, Procrastination with Emma, which is on Twitch. Do you know about Twitch? I think it's twitch.tv. It's a, it's a, a streaming platform. Basically, Emma also does Twitch live streams, in which she plays computer games and helps people with their English while she's doing it. That's procrastination with Emma on Twitch. As you may know, procrastination means putting off doing other things which you have to do by wasting time doing something else. Okay, Um, Putting off things that you have to do by wasting time doing something else. So I'll do it like, for example, if you have some important work to do, but you don't want to do it for some reason. So you end up telling yourself that you'll do it later and then doing, and then you just do something else instead. So I'll just do it later. Essentially, you're wasting your time. How do you procrastinate? Well, let's say you've got English homework to do, but you end up spending your time playing computer games instead. That could be procrastination. I'll do it later. Is playing computer games a waste of time? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it can help you with your English. Maybe it can help you learn English. And that is the spirit behind Emma's Twitch gaming channel, Procrastination with Emma. So, stuff about accents and pronunciation, stuff about the pragmatics of how we make requests in English, and some stuff about improving your English through computer games... Actually, those things mostly come up in the second half of this conversation. The first half is spent mainly getting to know Emma, finding out the usual things like where she's from, what her accent sounds like, how she approaches language learning because she speaks uh, Spanish and also uh, enjoys learning other languages from scratch and also any tips she has about learning English. And there are, of course, the usual tangents and stories and anecdotes about this, that and the other. I won't say much more here, except that I really enjoyed talking to Emma and you should certainly check out her YouTube videos and her live streams on Twitch. Uh, Keep listening all the way through and I will chat to you again at the end of the episode. But now, let's get started. Emma, hello. Welcome hello. onto my podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: You're welcome. How are you today?
1: I'm well. Um, I had a little bit of a, a problem this morning with my alarm. It didn't go off. I wanted to be up nice and early and uh, it went off literally 15 minutes before I was supposed to You know, make a call with someone. So, yeah, that was a, a little bit of a, a boost, like a kick up the backside this morning. Got me out of bed very quickly.
0: You had to leap out of bed and get yourself ready in 15 minutes.
1: Quite literally, yeah. <laughs> just got out of bed, yeah. Like, even breakfast, it was just a handful of biscuits, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, just munch and go.
1: Yeah, munch and go.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Are you all right? Though you haven't—it hasn't started you off in in the wrong way, because that kind of uh, that kind of start in the morning can kind of uh, put a dampener on on the whole day, can't it? Sometimes, have you recovered?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, everything's going fine. Actually, it's better. I think I need to do this more often because it's given me like an energy boost. You know, it's kind of like your instincts like kick in. And it's like, oh, I need to, you know, you get this like adrenaline rush. Like, I need to do stuff. So that's, yeah. I, I'm still riding that adrenaline r- wave right now. Um, Even though, you know, I woke up like a few hours ago. <laughs> it's still going. Yeah.
0: So not coffee as a way to get started, just a, a huge a- adrenaline dump just to kick off the the day. That sounds uh, pretty good.
1: I had a coffee as well. So <laughs> wow. I'm going to be buzzing until, you know, probably about 9pm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Great. So Emma, Emma, uh, Emma, Emma, Emma. Well, where are you from? This is uh, the question I often ask my guests at the beginning of uh, conversations. Where do you actually come from?
1: So I'm originally from York, which is in the north of England. A lot of people say, oh, is that Scotland? Like, no, there is more to England than London, you know. Um, so I'm from York originally. And um, I moved, well, not just me, my family and I, moved when I was eight years old to a small town in East Yorkshire near Hull, or Oll as people call it there. Um, But now I'm in Bristol. So yeah, the accent's quite different here. I haven't picked up the accent here yet. But yeah, from York originally, it's normally what I tell people.
0: The other question I often ask at the beginning is um, about my guests' accents. So do you you have an an accent? Do you have a sort of a, a Yorkshire accent, would you say?
1: Well, everyone has an accent. Yeah, I think you've said this before. Like, once you open your mouth, you've got an accent. Everyone has one. So hmm, my accent's a bit weird because when people listen to me, they have no idea where I'm from. Actually, I get asked if I'm Dutch a lot I'm not (laughs) sure why um but yeah like I was in a supermarket and uh someone said are you Dutch no I'm from York (laughs) um (laughs) I mean I'm not offended or anything but it's (laughs) it's like Dutch and Yorkshire
0: (laughs) why why Dutch
1: no idea absolutely no idea I I mean, I don't think I have a Dodge accent. Maybe I say Didn't something. I. No, no. Um, but I've had a uh, Polish. I've had Canadian. Um, you know, I had some, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses at my door not too long ago and they, they started asking me questions like, you know, uh, where are you from? You sound like you're Canadian. I was like, what? What Canadians have you spoken to that sound like me? <laughs> I sound very different to a Canadian. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, actually get to that. I would say that it's, but there's a little bit of Yorkshire still in there like I I haven't gotten rid of that part and uh, I definitely don't intend to I kind of call it like a neutralized northern accent because of course if you if you leave your town your area or you travel or um, whatever like you just leave where you were brought up then your accent's going to change because you start to adapt to your surroundings like I've mm. met people from the UK who've moved to America, and they start sounding a bit American, um, and that's completely normal because they're adapting to the situation. It's it's so normal,
0: and to, it, unconscious as well. It's people don't even do it; uh, they just do it without thinking about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Just a quick thing. Can you say this? You see this? And and listeners I'm pointing to the logo of of my um my show. How would you how do you say that, Emma?
1: Luke's English Podcasts.
0: Ah, there you go. Podcast.
1: Yeah, not podcast. I'd yeah. say
0: podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm pretty much from the south, although I've also from the Midlands, but I think, yeah. you know, I I basically speak with a sort of, you know, southern English accent. So that's one of the one of the main signifiers of you know the north south divide in terms of accent is is you know grass and grass bath and bath
1: yeah the bath trap split or bath trap bath. i can't even say it the because <laughs> i say it, bath trap split because of course i don't make the split i don't make the divide but bath trap split it's called yeah
0: right yes but you live in bristol now do they say bath in the same way that i would say because there's bath and bath isn't there a yeah. sort of accent in the southwest that's more like bath with like an ah kind of sound you yeah,
1: kind of say like bath i i noticed something that they do here and i noticed they do this like really far down south like when i lived in a in a town near brighton um they also did this and they would say like do you want a bag?" And they wouldn't say bag, but bag. Like It's like they elongated this ah sound. And they, they do that a little bit in Bristol. But the sad thing about Bristol is that the majority of people who live here are not from Bristol. So you don't really hear a Bristolian accent so much. It's not until you go to areas like, if anyone's familiar with Bristol, areas like Bedminster, which is in the south of Bristol, If you go around there, you walk around Asda and Bedminster or the shops around there, you will hear a Bristolian accent. But if you're in the centre, which is literally like a 20-minute walk away, you don't really hear it that often, you know, because there are so many Hmm. students and people from everywhere here.
0: Okay. I'm sort of talking to you about accents here because this is sort of something that you specialise in, isn't it? Tell, Tell us about your academic background. What did you do at university?
1: So my university degree was in English language and linguistics and quite a few of the modules were in like accent analysis. Um, so I remember like one of the modules was in analyzing a dialect and an accent and we had to analyze like in great depth. And I chose the Barnsley accent to analyze because that's really interesting. Um,
0: Barnsley. Bans- like
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, I analyzed the Barnsley accent and, um, Love that. Just, you know, went to a friend's house, recorded her dad, uh, and then just analyzed him and how we said, you know, certain words. So like coffee would become like coffee, you know, things like that. Um and you know, we we stayed there as well. Cause of course it's my my friend. I stayed at her house in Barnsley and he asked me, you know, do you want any pie cluts for breakfast? I was like, pie clit? What's a pie clit? <laughs> it was like a pie clit. Do you want a pie clip? I was like, "What? What, what is that?" Um, <laughs> and he meant a, a crumpet. Oh, know. they call
0: it a pie clip.
1: Yeah, they call it a par- pikelet. Yeah, you call it a so, pikelet in Barnsley. But, but,
0: yeah. Listen, there's a, a crumpet is a sort of, oh, what is it really? It's lovely. It's a, it's something you might have for <laughs> breakfast. You put butter on yeah. it. Um, yeah. A uh, crumpet, it's, it's, it's sort of like a bread cake, something like that, isn't it?
1: Think of like bread, but it's got like holes in it. And it's like squishy and it's like fluffy. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so weird to describe because... I think it's fried, isn't it? It's like a I think it's fried.
0: Hmm. hmm. Hold on a minute. Uh, define define crumpet.
1: <laughs> well, there are a few definitions for crumpet. Aren't there? There, there but are you the right one?
0: <laughs> there's a there's a few slang words, <laughs> slang <laughs> uses of the word. Yeah. Um so a pr- crumpet according to let's see, let's find a reputable dictionary. Uh, Cambridge dictionary.cambridge.org yep. say a crumpet is a round is a small round type of bread with holes in one side that is often eaten hot with butter.
1: Oh we we did quite well a combination we of our, our definitions, yeah.
0: We did. We 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 pretty much covered all of the bases there. Colin from Colin's dictionary. Colin um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> someone called Colin Wright. Collins, Colin Collins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's yeah, Colin, uh, Colin Smith, um, who runs the Collins Dictionary website, says
1: Colin Collins. I thought it'd
0: be Colin Collins. Colin Collins. Yeah, right. That's right. Colin C. Collins uh, from the collinsdictionary.com dot says crumpets. It's the countable version. Crumpets are round, flat pieces of a substance like bread or batter which uh, has small holes in, you toast them and eat them with butter. Not bad. And the uncountable noun, listeners, this is the slang version, the sort of um, suggestive version. Some men refer to attractive women as crumpet. Yeah. This, could co- this could cause offence.
1: I, I, I would yeah. be offended if someone called me a nice bit of crumpet. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah. like to recall that it's not
0: really okay it's not really okay to call a woman Um. a bit of crumpet but there it is it is a (laughs) it's in the dictionary (laughs) Um, it
1: exists yeah
0: so anyway right so you were staying with your friend's uh dad like
1: friend not just the dad (laughs) i <laughs> need <No. laughs> to make that clear i was staying with my <laughs> friend who lived with her dad <laughs>
0: staying, you were staying with your friend who has a dad who yep. also lives in the same house and uh in order to record his voice to, to uh, for your degree because you were doing an accent analysis of his his barnsley accent mm. uh I, mm, and um and he 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 was uh offering to make you breakfast and what was it he said again
1: pie clits
0: Pie clips.
1: Yeah. Do you want any pie clips for breakfast? I'm like, what? And then he just showed me this pack of, well, he kind of chuckled at first because he knew I didn't know what it meant. And then he showed me this packet of crumpets. I'm like, ah, crumpets. Um, yeah. Well, of course, I didn't say like crumpets. I would, I would have probably said, like, oh, crumpets, you know,
0: crumpets, I would,
1: crumpets. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause for, for us, I am going to say for us in Yorkshire, but I mean, barnsley's in, in Yorkshire technically, isn't it? But, um, mm. In the north, uh, of Yorkshire, I think it's, yeah, it's just called North Yorkshire, isn't it? It's the region. Um, yeah. and East Yorkshire, pikelets are something different. They're like a flatter, a flatter crumpet. So yeah, I wasn't sure whether he meant pikelets, you know, I like buy pikelets or, uh, some, you know, something else. So yeah, he changed the name. It's like bun, like bread bun. That has like 10 different names, doesn't it, in the UK? There's bread so many bowl. different
0: versions of describing a a, a a raw a round piece of bread in England. <laughs> um, I mean, this <laughs> like when you get into when you get into what would it be like regional variations in England? Uh, yeah, there are so many varieties. So yes, you can get a bun, uh, a batch, a balm, uh, a, a cob. Yeah.
1: Um, tea cake. I don't cake. know what
0: else. Tea a tea cake. A tea
1: cake in Manchester. Yeah. Really. So, uh, yeah, they, they have like a, a, a tea cake, which is um, a bread roll, a bread bun, because I call it a bread bun. Um, but for our, our tea cakes, like the one with the, the currants in with the raisins that you, you know, it's more sweet than, you know, I mean, a bread bun can be savory as well, but it's more sweet. They would call it, I think they call it a currant tea cake or a raisin tea cake that like they they actually distinguish between the two by uh, adding what the tea cake contains. <laughs> so they will say like, oh, it's a currant tea cake or a resin tea cake. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, I just call them bread rolls or, or buns.
1: Yeah. Buns. But I
0: remember when I lived in Liverpool, I used, there was a little bakery on the corner of the street where we used to live and we'd go down there to get bacon rolls mm. and they called them bacon bams.
1: Balms, yeah. A balm,
0: oh bacon God. balm. So I'd go down, uh, yes, hello, I'd like a bacon roll, please. Uh, you know, two bacon rolls. Two bacon bams, please, Sherry. <laughs> you know, that, that sort of thing is what that's you hear. That's
1: great, yeah. See, that, that's the one thing I love about England, is that you can literally just drive like 20 minutes to the next town and there's like a different name for some. I remember when I was um, talking to a friend at uni as well, she was from the south, and um, she... She was asking, like, how to get somewhere. And I said to her, Oh, well, you know, it's faster if you take that snicket. You know, if you take that snicket and you go down there, she looked at me like, snicket. I, I can see it by your face. You're like, snicket? <laughs>
0: mm, I think I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. Um, some people may call it a ginnel or a ginnel. I've even heard, I've heard ginnel more. Um, but yeah, I call it a snicket. So like, was a snicket? I was like, a snicket like kind of looking at her like are you stupid because <laughs> i didn't mm. know it was a dialect word i didn't know that snicket was was you know specific to uh yorkshire and Ginnell is more of like a sheffield thing but it's used it's, as well
0: it's not an alleyway is it
1: a shortcut
0: a sh- a- oh you just call it a shortcut
1: a snicket would be a shortcut yeah i think a guinnell is more like an alleyway
0: so a, yeah. a snicket uh, it would be let's say there's a um, a footpath following a road at a square junction, and the <laughs> footpath.
1: yeah so specific but yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i know but the the footpath kind of there's a little shortcut little footpath shortcut that goes around the corner instead it cuts across the corner instead of having to go all the way to the end that's That's what you'd call a snicket snicket. yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah i I don't know what i would call that i'd call it a little shortcut i suppose yeah i think
1: shortcut yeah because once i said shortcut to her she's like why didn't you just say that i was like well because snicket is a word like (laughs) I, i didn't know it was a dialect word um, yeah. And, yeah, I've used it before as well. I remember in the south, um, as I said, I, I live near Brighton, and uh, I had a fairly strong Yorkshire accent when I first moved down there. And my postcode was something like 8-A-H, okay? Now, to say that mm. in a northern accent, it was like 8-A-H. And, honestly, <laughs> they would just look at me like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Is there a
0: thing in, in in a Yorkshire accent where you can say the words tin, tin, tin,
1: tin, 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 and
0: it, tin, 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 yeah. and it's it means it isn't in the tin.
1: <laughs> yeah, tin, um, tin, 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 tin. Yeah, but but you need you need to say with like a glottal stop, you know, but yeah. like tin, tin, tin. Yeah,
0: tin, tin, tin. Exactly that listeners so tin obviously is a, a little metal box it's also a type of metal but let's say it's a little metal box that you might keep tea bags in or something like that um, <laughs> only tea bags <laughs> only yes only tea bags uh, and uh, uh and so tin 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 but in a yorkshire accent tin tin is like tin is like it isn't and it isn't in would be tin tin yeah, and then tin, 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 tin. It which isn't, is,
1: like, it is, tin, isn't tin. Th- yeah, yeah. Tin, crazy, tin,
0: isn't tin. it, listeners?
1: It is. Yeah, it, it's weird that the disappears in Yorkshire. Like, I, I, I sometimes have this problem. Like, because I, there are some things that are still so Yorkshire about me. Like the, you know, I, I cut the quite a lot because I would say like from Nottingham and above, it just the doesn't exist, and something and nothing, it just becomes summer and now and i still say things like um you know to my boyfriend like do you, do you want out front shop and now he started to do it you know he's spanish so hearing him saying stuff like you know do you want out front shop it's like ah, a little bit of Yorkshire yeah. in there i love it do you want do
0: you, do you want out front shop that <laughs> yes, do you want that's it. is that is out anything or is it yes. something
1: it's, uh it's out, anything, is it? out is anything and summer is something and now is nothing
0: Right. So out is, listen, this is spelled O-W-T, isn't it? it
1: I don't think it there's a- like a G-H-T?
0: standard.
1: No, no, there, there's no like standard way I found. Like if you check dictionaries, I've seen like different spellings. I normally spell it as O-U, how do I spell it? O-U-W-T? Like how, how do I normally spell it? Like out like O U W T, you might have to have a look. I'm trying to think how I normally spell it on like WhatsApp and stuff. But
0: but the point is, listeners, it's not the word out, as in in out. It's no, not no. that. It's it's we're not saying the word out. It's a different word. And as you can hear, there are various ways to spell it. I thought O W T.
1: Nout I would spell as N O W T.
0: N O W T. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's nout. We're now yeah. Like you like what was it? What was that old bread advert? Um, it was like a, a Worthington's bread, we're now taken out.
1: Something, Something like, like that, that. <laughs> yeah, it was, that rings a bell. Yeah.
0: Hovis, whole Hovis wholemeal whole bread, oh. we're now taken out. Now, here is a short recitation about a man who won fortune and fame by making a right special flower. Tom Allinson, that were his name. For just after the Industrial Revolution, all oh, but he were for bread white as snow. They thought it were purer than oatmeal. But young Tom in a loud voice said, No, the do like bread's all right, that I'll grant you. But you've I taken away some of clout. Oatmeal's better all talk for young people, cos it's bread that's had knout taken out. And now, over hundred years later, it's been proved beyond reasonable doubt. To Tom Allinson's thoughts that were proper, and bread's better
1: with knout taken
0: Taking out, hovis, whole hovis, wholemeal whole bread. We're now taking out.
1: Are oh, you so good with the Yorkshire accent?
0: Yeah. <laughs> my, my, actually, my family come from Yorkshire originally. My, my yeah. both my parents. My mum's from Barnsley originally. My dad's from <gasps> Leeds. Yeah, but they they moved when they were kids. So most traces of the accent have gone. Oh, they just dang. every now and then, for some reason, it comes back. And it, you know, my but brother and like. Oh, like when did you become northern? Like what happened to you? Um, they live in the Midlands now, so it's kind of like the perfect sort of melting pot of of, of everything. I feel like. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want out from? Do you want out from shop? I mean, do you want anything from the shop? Um, yes okay yeah. okay uh and your your boyfriend's spanish so so he's learning like the proper sort of bits of yorkshire english in there that's good he
1: is yeah yeah and and he yeah. will say stuff like he'll catch me off guard sometimes when he says it because i'm not expecting him to you know use these little like dialect words but um yeah if i ask him do you want out from shops? like no nah, no i don't i don't want out
0: mm-hmm <laughs>
1: And he'll start to use these words, and I, I'm so proud. Because <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> you don't get taught these these dialect words in um, in in the language classroom or textbook, you know.
0: Well, yeah. I think that this is it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I mean, we we should probably start talking about the the questions that all learners of English are desperate to to find answers to.
1: How to sound Yorkshire? Is that it? Is that what- <laughs> <laughs> well yeah how to get a yorkshire
0: accent i've got various questions things like you know what what uh what should learners of english sound like or what should they try to sound like and things like that um and and questions along those lines before we get to that though um listeners i'm stringing this out a little bit maybe but um so uh, uh english language teaching and linguistics at degree level is that right
1: yep so I did English language and linguistics at university I spent one year abroad as well on Erasmus in my second year so I did a study abroad program in Spain that's how I got into teaching um and yeah during my degree as well I also did modules in Spanish of course Catalan because I lived in Tarragona um So I had to learn some Catalan to survive. (laughs) Um, I also did a module in British Sign Language at uni as well. So, yeah, I learned a few different languages, not to, like, a fluent level, but um, I have this kind of thing that I do every year where I learn a new language, not to become fluent in that language, but just to understand what that, that... Just to understand that language more. So... If I have students, for example, who are Portuguese speakers, I want to know why are they making certain mistakes. So I will learn a little bit of Portuguese to maybe like B1 level, like A2, B1 level. Um, so I know like a few languages, but never to like a fluent level, just to like an understanding kind of level where I can mm-hmm. understand their mistakes, where they're coming from when they make these kinds of mistakes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I started to learn, like, a bit of French when I was working for a French company. I um, started to learn some German because my boyfriend wanted me to learn German with him. I don't know why he wanted to learn German, but he wanted to. Um, And I really liked German. It's probably one of my favorite languages. Um, I've recently started to learn uh, Japanese as well because... I wanted the experience of learning something so different from my first language and any other language I've learned. You know, if you learn something like uh, Spanish and then you go to Portuguese, there are so many words that are similar. So you feel like you're kind of cheating a little bit. While if you go to a language, let's say like Arabic or Russian or um, Japanese, uh, Mandarin, Chinese, Korean and so on the alphabet's not even the same. So you've got to learn a whole new alphabet. And I wanted that experience. Some people think I, I'm i like torturing myself, but I wanted that experience of learning a language from absolute zero where I just have no clue. I wanted to look at a piece of paper with some language on, some writing not have a clue what it says, and then come back to it in like, you know, a year or two or three or whatever, come back to that piece of paper and be like, this is now language to me, I understand it, like I wanted that experience. And I know it sounds really weird to some people. (laughs) But that's a process that many of our learners go through. You know, I've got Japanese students who had to learn the alphabet you know, for English and stuff like that. And I wanted to know exactly what they went through.
0: Mm. So how's Japanese going for you? Actually, my question should be more specific. What has been your specific approach then to to learning Japanese from the beginning like this?
1: So I researched how to learn Japanese. um, And many people said before you even get started with anything just learn hiragana and katakana so they have three different alphabets in japanese hiragana katakana and kanji and kanji something that comes a little bit later when you're learning japanese the first things you need to learn are hiragana and katakana so those are two of the alphabets (laughs) out of the three so i started learning those and then i just started downloading some apps um and then i wanted to go to some classes to meet other people, you know socialize a little bit but of course uh the pandemic has happened so I can't really do that um but I was thinking of like taking some classes uh just to give me that experience of being in a class where I literally have no idea what's going on and I mean I've been in that situation before I remember when I did my Catalan classes and I was the lowest in the class and my teacher didn't speak any English and I was in a class full of um Brazilians Italians and people from other places. No one hardly spoke English, like any English at all, at the time. My Spanish was terrible, so I couldn't even fall back on my Spanish. And um, I was literally just sitting there, like wanting to cry because I didn't understand anything. So I know what it's like to be in that situation. But uh, clearly, I loved it because I want to do the same again with Japanese. <laughs> mm. Yeah.
0: Ano, uh, Nihongo, dekimashita.
1: <laughs> Your Japanese is already better than mine.
0: <laughs> that was no, no. My Japanese is not great, but um <laughs> I lived there for a while, and I sort of remember some little bits. So that was. um Do you speak? Uh, can you? That was. That was word for word translation was like so. Uh, Japanese can question. That's kind of what that was, mm. and you go. You would. You'd have to go. Like that. Okay. Because it's you know you've got to learn all the body language as well, right? Yeah, so, yeah, true. Uh, and then you'd go, uh, uh, "Deki, uh, deki, dekinai," or "Chotto, uh, chotto." Uh,
1: I'm I'm getting a Japanese lesson here now yeah you're (laughs) teaching me you're teaching me a thing or two here
0: (laughs) i'm just showing off my 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 a1 level of japanese
1: (laughs) higher than mine yeah because i've only just been learning like hiragana yeah i'll be honest and just getting familiar with that um and then yeah i kind of like stopped a little bit and um I got bored of it. I got bored of learning just the alphabet. So I started watching, as everyone does, I started watching anime. Um, I watched one that was like really depressing and I thought, "Is all anime that's depressing. Because I, I mean, I haven't watched anime since like, oh, since I was like early teens, like, mm. you know, like Pokemon kind of yeah. era, you know. Um, so yeah, I haven't really been uh focusing on it too much but yeah i want to get back into it like Jap- uh, japanese will be the language of 2021 for me that's going to be the one i'm going to focus on
0: yeah yeah anime will be good yeah if you find the right thing that's not too depressing or anything if you find a fun one yeah yeah and you'll notice like all these little words that always come up like you know nanny
1: <laughs> yes what yeah yeah isn't it weird that you could just pick up these little things and Mm. i um i mean i've canceled my netflix my netflix uh subscription now but um when i had netflix i had this really good plug-in where you could get two sets of subtitles so i could have japanese subtitles and actually because it was in japanese there would be three sets so there would be like the romanji which is um like how you kind of write it in english let's say yeah. And then they would be um, in Japanese and then normal English subtitles. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was
0: good. Here's a weird question. Um, if you were not English, if you were learning English, how would you learn English?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I maybe a the- weird question. <laughs> I understand yeah. the question. I understand it. Um, if I weren't English, then how would I learn English? kind of. Mm. Mm. I would find things that interest me. So things that I do in my native language or languages, and I would start doing those in English. So people underestimate the power of changing your Facebook feed into English and how much you can learn. Twitter is a really good one, because with Twitter, you can also select the language for the kind of tweets that you want to see. So mine is set to, of course, English, Spanish, and Portuguese. I think I've also got Portuguese in there as well. Cause p- why not? I probably even have Japanese in there as well. Can't, uh, can't read them yet, but you know, they're just mm. th- there. Um, just to expose myself to them a little bit. So you can start changing little things in your life to immerse yourself. And this is, something that I tell my students a lot is that you don't need to move to the country to become immersed. You are in your home. You can immerse yourself within your own home. If you like music, instead of listening to music in your own language, listen to it in English because there's a genre out there for everyone, you know. I get people who say, I don't like English music. It's like, well, who are you listening to? Oh, Adele. It's like, well, maybe you just don't like Adele's stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, find someone else. What do you like? Oh, you like drum and bass. Right. Well, why don't you listen to this? Da, 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 da. I mean, drum and bass doesn't have that many lyrics in, but you know what you I know. mean.
0: If you get MCs, <laughs> you'll learn yeah. certain, certain types of English, you know?
1: Exactly. Like,
0: well, I was going to do some drum and bass MCing then, but then I decided <laughs> against it probably yeah, not, yeah. not a good idea but <laughs> you could no. you could, you know you could listen to um what would it be like ltj bookham and conrad hmm. um something okay. like that you, you'll learn a few interesting phrases from um <laughs> mc conrad i expect i'm uh, sure
1: yeah <laughs> but yeah if you like reading read in english if you like playing video games play them in english switch the language you know that's that's what i would do If I like cooking, find recipes in English. Yeah.
0: Cook in English. Yeah.
1: Find a recipe for fish and chips. Exactly. You (laughs) took the words right out of my mouth. Find a recipe for fish and chips. You know, when I lived in Spain, um, I used to live with this family, and uh, the sister of the mom that I was living with, so the auntie of the kids, she lived in England for a little bit. I think she was doing like an intensive course for a few months. And, um, she, I remember, wanted to do like an English day. I was like, okay, great, whatever. Um, and she wanted to do fish and chips for, you know, the kids and me and her. It's like, okay, Emma, <laughs> let, let's, let's do fish and chips. Like, okay. So I told her how to do it. Like, you're supposed to batter the fish okay, like with flour and um, water, sometimes beer. We had beer, we had beer batter. It's very nice. It's best with beer. It is. So, yeah, I explained like, oh, let's do the batter and then we need to fry it. And she said, oh, but that's too unhealthy. I said, well, that's fish and chips in England. (laughs) That's how it is. Um, I said, oh, no, 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 let's not do that. Let's instead uh, grill it. I said, well, that's not going to cook the batter. Okay, let's not do the batter. Right. So we literally just had grilled fish. (laughs) I thought, okay, maybe I can save this with the chips. No, (laughs) she didn't want the chips being cut long. She wanted them like, you know, Brava style chips, you know, like little cubes of potato, like little squares. I was like, we have basically, instead of having fish and chips, we've just got grilled fish and Bravas. Like (laughs) spanish grilled
0: fish with spanish potatoes <laughs>
1: that's, that's what we had and then she was so happy that um you know that that she had fish and chips She's like oh this is so english oh, no, no no eating the fish and chips and i was sitting there like this is a fish and chips <laughs> this is just grilled fish and square potatoes
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's weird isn't it also the the it's sort of a i mean i mentioned fish and chips because it's such a cliche but like uh we never ever cook fish and chips at home
1: like no. You don't cook
0: it at home. I mean, I have cooked it at home, but it's it's a very rare occasion. Normally, you just go down to the chippy, yeah. which you'll be your local chip shop, and you go and you queue up, and you, you get your unhealthy bag of fish and chips, and you don't have it all the time. It's like a Friday, oh, should we just get fish and chips? You know, it's that kind of… Um, that kind of thing. So, it's
1: expensive okay. now. I remember when I was young. I feel really old when I say that. When I was younger, um, but when I was younger, I remember my mum would literally send me to to the fish and chip shop around the corner with a tenner, a, a ten pound note, and be like, "Right, get fish and chips for the family." So there was my mum, my dad, me, and my two brothers. That's five of us. I could get fish and chips for five of us with a tenner. uh used to, you know, run to the corner shop, you know, uh, get the fish and chips, go home, and eat it. Um, now. It's like, I, I think the last time I went for fish and chips, it was about £7.50. So, like, nearly £10 just for one fish and chips. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so expensive now. It's almost like a luxury when it used to be, you know, quite cheap. But now I don't eat fish. So, I have to, like, eat something like with tofu or, um, uh, what's the other thing they use? Banana blossom. They use banana blossom and they infuse banana... it with, yeah, yeah. And they banana infuse blossom? it with like seaweed.
0: The flowers from a banana tree?
1: Yes, they're so tasty.
0: Infused with seaweed?
1: That's it. So they get like a salty, fishy flavor. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Really, really nice. There's a place in Mm. Bristol that, I mean, Bristol's now like a vegan hotspot. Like everyone in Bristol is vegan. (laughs) Um, And they do vegan fish and chips with either tofu or banana blossom. And it's really good. Really, really nice
0: delicious can I ask you again then about your your um, your university uh, courses so you, yeah. you, you did a master's degree um, didn't you what was your master's degree in
1: so my master's was in um, education TESOL, teaching English to speakers of other languages so um, yeah. oh I forgot to mention that for my dissertation my final research project for my bachelor's degree um, I also did a project on the teaching of non-standard accents and dialects to English language learners and their perceptions and that was really interesting um for my master's degree though I wanted to specialize in pronunciation but the teacher or the tutor who ran that module quit like a week or two before The master started so I couldn't do that and instead I turned my interest to pragmatics so I ended up focusing on the teaching development and acquisition of pragmatic competence in English language learners which is a bit of a mouthful it's really nerdy but it's basically for people wondering what pragmatics is it's like the underlying meaning of something so um, maybe Luke, you tell me, Oh, yeah, I, went, I, I watched a, a film last night. It was really interesting. Now, an English language learner, maybe if they don't have the level of pragmatic competence to a certain uh, level yet, they may think, Oh, Luke liked the film. He said it was interesting. But I know, and many other people whose pragmatic competence is, um, you know, uh, higher. They will know Luke didn't actually find it interesting. He didn't actually like the film. <laughs> so yeah. I was looking into like the teaching of that and, um, and whether it's uh, possible to teach it or whether you can just develop this by living in the UK and living, um, and working here. So, yeah, that's what I looked into. It's really nerdy. (laughs) It's like such an under-researched area.
0: (laughs) It's really, really interesting. Both of those things... Uh, teaching what was the thing about accents it was teaching non-standard varieties of English to to learners of English that's it and yeah. then pragmatics okay mm-hmm. wow which one should we begin with let's start with pragmatics then <laughs> okay that was, what you mentioned before now I expect some of my listeners at this point are thinking ah so what pragmatics is this thing that British people do which is where they say one thing but they mean something else is that what pragmatics is
1: yeah, but it's not just, you know, in our language as pragmatics that happens in other languages as well. Um, I mean, Japanese is a perfect example because, you know, they're very indirect as a as a culture. So what they sometimes say is not actually what they mean, and it's the same in other languages as well. Some people think, ah, oh, if your language is more direct, then um, you know, you don't have pragmatics if that makes sense like there's there's no yeah. hidden meaning because you're already being direct but believe me there will be some things that you say in your language where there is a deeper underlying meaning that actually means something different to what you're saying
0: uh, maybe an example an example from French is that uh, and and people say that French is a more direct uh, language culture than than the UK is that they will say oh c'est vraiment pas mal like it's really not bad right and what they mean is it's it's brilliant.
1: Ah,
0: okay. So if okay. you go to a rest yeah. if I go to a restaurant, let's say, and it's really a beautiful restaurant, really nice decoration, decor and stuff and I'll say, "Hey, it's fantastic, isn't it? Isn't mm. this place amazing?" And uh I've noticed that French people will say, will say, "Ah, oh, c'est vraiment pas mal," meaning it's really not bad. And that's like <laughs> the you know, it's funny, isn't it, that it, yeah. it um that not bad is seems to be kind of a um, Maybe a negative construction, and really not bad. Doesn't it's suggest good. a high level of, you know, you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So maybe right. that's
0: an example of pragmatics where the the, the specific words being used uh, don't necessarily uh, aren't explicit. That the meaning is not explicitly put into words. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So how yeah. do people learn this stuff then? How do how do people learn to decode the things that people say?
1: this is what I was researching. Yeah, (laughs) it was very interesting because there is no textbook or there is no popular clear textbook because there are some attempts made, you know, with like pragmatic teachings. But some of them are quite controversial because with pragmatics there comes a lot of culture and then there comes the question whose culture am I teaching and then you know when you're talking about English as a global language should we even be teaching pragmatics because with pragmatics there's a strong link to culture and should we be teaching culture if it's a world language like oh there's a huge debate like I could talk about it for ages but I focused on the development of requests so I really narrowed it down to requests because What sometimes happens is people literally translate from their first language into English and they will say something like, give me that or close the window, okay? Now, if you say that to someone who maybe you're not too familiar with, they're going to think, God, they're rude, yeah? Like, I'm not their slave. They're just commanding me to do these things. So I was having a look at two different groups one that was having no pragmatic instruction at all. And they were just living in the UK because I wanted to see if their development would change over a period of time, whether they would start to pick things up. And then ones which had actual pragmatic instruction. So the way that I taught this, and again, there's no textbook on this, but the way that I decided to do it for my research was I took situations. So I developed like a role play situation. I had a picture of the person, and this is very important because I wanted everyone to visualize the same person. Because if I say to you, for example, your university professor walks in, okay, I could be thinking uh, a 30-year-old woman. You could be thinking a 60-year-old man, okay, which are two different things completely. Mm -hmm. So I wanted a picture of a person, and then I set the the scenario, the situation, and then I would give uh, a task. So I said, for example, something like, um, imagine that you need to ask your professor, the one that we mentioned and gave some context about, uh, to close the window. How would you do that? And I recorded them. I put them in groups of two, and I recorded them on how they would... um, like their kind of planning process and their thought process of how they would construct their answers. And um, I would give them in the instruction period, I would give them like different options and say to them, why do you think this is appropriate? Why isn't this? And I would teach them things like the word just. Now, just is a word that cannot always be translated. For example, uh, Luke, could you just close the window, please? Could you just close the window? To you, it's like, oh, it's a little thing, you know, if, if I use just as basically a mitigator and it makes it seem like a smaller thing, I would never say to you, Luke, can you just lend me 10 grand? Like, it doesn't work the same way. Mm-hmm. Depending on the level of imposition and, like, the position of the person, you also need to change because this is something that is taught a lot is that please equals politeness, right? Yeah. So what a lot of learners do is they say, I want a coffee, please look, close the window, please. And they think they're being polite when really you're giving someone like a command and adding the please actually makes it worse. I
0: I actually talked about this recently on my podcast. It's kind of a coincidence. Uh, And I was saying that when people make requests to me, when people are requesting certain things, like for example, they want an episode about, um, I don't know what it would be. Like They want an episode about um, Sean Connery. And uh, the request would be, Luke, please make an episode about Sean Connery. Right now, they've put please, so they think that's polite, but it's still a command. Yeah. Even though, and in fact, adding please is just like almost sounds impatient.
1: Yes, that's it. Please
0: make an episode. It's like it may either impatient or imploring, like please make an episode about Sean Connery, (laughs) like almost anger or impatience or something. That's it. Uh huh. So, so, so it could be. Yes, using just, but it depends. If the if the thing you're requesting is a small thing, just means I'm emphasizing that this is a small thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's a big thing, just is not really appropriate there. But no. also, what else? I mean, I, I I was suggesting that people a simple way is just to say "could you" at the start.
1: That's a safe option. Yeah. <laughs> could you um, could you
0: make a Could you make an episode about Sean Connery, please? And I would put "please" at the end. Um, yeah. Right.
1: One thing that really confused the learners when I was doing like the instruction was the use of past tense to mitigate things. So we say things like, I wanted to know, I wondered if, instead of using like, I'm wondering if, or I want to ask, if you put it in the past, it softens it because like the theory is, is that you're distancing yourself from the situation and therefore the imposition is lower. Like that's kind of the theory of it. And that's something that a lot of the students, when I was instructing this, really kind of struggle to get their head around. Because they're like, oh, but I'm wondering it now. Like I am I want it now. I, I didn't want it in the past. I want it now. And I have to say, yes, but by putting it in the past, you're not necessarily changing the time when you want something or you're wondering something you're changing the imposition because as a, as a culture, we don't want to impose ourselves on other people, especially if I'm asking you to do something for me. Like I don't want to burden you, you know, as, as a culture, we don't want to do that. Of course, it depends like on the person, the situation, who you're talking to and so on, but we want to distance ourselves a little bit to not burden people as a culture. So yeah.
0: We don't want to put someone out. That's it. Putting someone out is like, yeah, yeah if you burden them with uh, an obligation or something. So, yeah, could you blah, 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 please? One thing I notice, um, when I'm, when I'm, uh, on an aeroplane, <laughs> which is not something that I've done for a while now, but, no. um, uh, the cabin crew will always say things like, could you just put your seatbelt on for me? Yes. And it's like, oh, it's for you that I'm putting the seatbelt on. It's interesting that people say yeah. for me, but they, again, they're just, you know, they're just sort of trying to soften the request. Um, could you just, you know, close, can you, um, what is it? Just put your seat, uh, what is it? Put your tray table up for me, please.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, for it's you. Just or, or, or,
1: little thing. For me, not for you, but it's for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's not for her or him. It's for... The whole plane, right? I mean, it's like, could you, could you put your bag under the seat for me, please? And it's like, it's not actually for you; it's for all these other passengers who could die if <laughs> if, if, if you leave your if, bag. If, if you had to evacuate the plane, yeah, um, very interesting. Okay, well, that's pragmatics, and it's it's a, it's a huge topic that you know is could be explored further. Uh, but talk to me about pronunciation then teaching. Very, why did you? choose to uh, study the teaching of non-standard accents? Is it accents or pronunciation to learners of English?
1: Yeah, so I focused on... um, You're talking about, like, my degree, right? My bachelor's. Yeah, your dissertation
0: that you did in your BA. Yeah.
1: So, yes, we... What, what did I do? I'm, I'm thinking like 10 years back now. Oh, <laughs> I okay. know I look young, but like I graduated about 10 years ago. Well, not 10, but six or seven years ago now. But yeah, it was about like the teaching of non-standard accents and dialects and the perceptions.
0: Is there something that sticks with you from from doing that dissertation now? Something when you think about it now, do you have any conclusions that kind of stay with you?
1: Yes. So the... Hmm. I'm, I'm going to speak very generally here, but a lot of people in general believe you should only teach a standard. Don't teach dialect. Don't teach accents. Just stick with one and only learn one and only teach one. So I'm talking about learners and students here. What um, is
0: that one? Sorry, what is that one? What is that standard that, that people often will will refer to?
1: So, if we're talking about the context of teaching British English or learning British English, it tends to be uh, RP or Modern RP, which is uh, Received Pronunciation. It's the accent that's considered the standard. And for podcast listeners, I'm using quotation marks here. <laughs> yeah, the she, yeah,
0: you can't see that. She's doing bunny rabbit ears. With <laughs> yeah, <her hand>.
1: quotation <laughs> like <E-Rex> marks. Hans. <laughs>
0: It's like, yeah,
1: yeah. It's the standard. It's the way that you'll find it in the dictionary. But what's really interesting is that only around two to three percent of people speak with this accent, which is really weird. Like, why is it? Why is it the standard when only two to three percent of people speak using that? But anyway, that's the discussion for another podcast. Um, so people normally focus on that, and then in terms of grammar, they tend to focus on standard English grammar. But you know, when people come to the UK. Or they're talking to native speakers. I'm using native speakers as an example, but it can be anyone, you know. Mm. They speak to a native, let's say, from Yorkshire, (laughs) you know. And in Yorkshire, we don't always conjugate the verb to be correctly. A little bunny ear things again, you know. So, for example, instead of saying like, um, I was, you were, he, she, it was, I could tell I was actually thinking about it then, Um <laughs> but I would say something like, I were, you were, he, she, it were, or I was, you was, yeah. is a really common one, he, she, it was.
0: Yeah, but... That that for listeners who feel like we need to put those into sentences just so you get a sense of it, because otherwise it's like the danger is that people are gonna think, what, in Yorkshire they speak wrong. It's not wrong, it's just a, a, a regional variation. Works. So yeah. I um what would it be? Like I, I I were walking down the street the other day. Something like yeah.
1: that. Where was you last night? Yeah. Right. Um mm-hmm. that's so common, especially like where I'm from in East Yorkshire. I hear that a lot, like the verb to be. It's like the conjugation is so different. (laughs)
0: Um, And the point here is also that if someone comes, and we're talking about, actually now, we're talking about people coming to the UK and sort of uh, using English in that context. Obviously, there are other contexts in which people use English, like when it's a global language, which is another uh, aspect to this whole conversation. But when someone comes to the UK and we're just talking about the practicalities of communicating with people that you, you would, that they would meet in their lives. So it's not actually, it's not really a question of right or wrong. So if you are in Yorkshire and you're talking to people and they said, uh, you know, I were walking down the street, you can't say, stop. That's wrong. Uh, you can't <laughs> you announce could. to all the people of Yorkshire.
1: <laughs> you could, but you'll probably get punched, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Because, you know, language is, it's a practical thing. It's a thing that you use to communicate with people. So in a sense, you've got to try and it's, it's, it's weird, but you've got to try and get that sense of right and wrong out of the way. Yeah. But that's tricky for learners of English because they deal in right and wrong because they're trying to learn how the language is used and how it works. So anyway, anyway, I just felt I needed to say that, but, um, So, yes, we're talking about non standard pronunciation. We've just talked, we just gave an example of non standard grammar there, but, um, you were specifically dealing with non standard pronunciation and I was asking you,
1: yeah,
0: I was, yeah, I was asking you about, also, oh, it's it's the the dialect and the accent you were dealing yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I focus on dialect and accent. So, um, for people who aren't sure, like accent is the way that you speak, while dialect is the grammar and the words that you use that are specific to that region or area, town, or wherever you're from. So, for example, should I be teaching the word Snicket, or should I be teaching Shortcut, or should I be teaching both? A really good example, talking about pronunciation, is when I was doing my CELTA course, which is a a teaching qualification who people, if you're not familiar, a lot of people do the CELTA course to train to become an English teacher – And I did my CELTA training in York. So that means that all the students that were volunteering and going to the lessons and things like that, as we were training, they were living in York. They were living in Yorkshire. And I can still remember I was teaching the family and this was uh, my first CELTA lesson. Okay, I was teaching the family and I had a family tree on the board. So I was asking people, like, okay, this is me. Who is this? Oh, yep, that's a granddad. That's grandma, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to aunt and auntie. Now, (laughs) I say aunt and auntie. Well, auntie. What do you say, Luke?
0: Aunt and auntie.
1: Exactly. So I taught both i wrote in transcription like okay so if you look in the dictionary guys you're gonna see auntie or aunt but because you're in york and in yorkshire in the north of england we say aunt and auntie so i transcribed that as well oh yes 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 i remember that yes yes so yeah the the students really found that beneficial to learn and actually going back to my um my dissertation people also found it for anyone curious about the results the overall uh result was yes we want to learn about different accents and different dialects and things like that to expand our repertoire let's say so if they meet someone from the north of england they're going to know what auntie is instead of auntie things like that yeah. um but yeah going back to the celta thing i then have my feedback session after and uh notice so i say after as well not after mm. but in my feedback session, I remember that my feedback was that I should only teach RP because I taught them anti and ant, and I said, "But why?" They said, "Oh, it's is better if you stick to a standard." And I, I was gonna die on that hill. Like I was not, I was not gonna let that one go. I was like, "No, if these people are in in York." They are less likely to hear aunt and auntie. They are more likely to hear aunt and auntie. I am going to teach bath, path, grass, class. I'm not going to say, hi, everyone. Welcome to class. That's not how I speak. Why should I have to change my accent? My accent has changed like naturally. It's not really much of an effort that I've made necessarily. It's just changed from traveling and teaching and so on. But it really annoyed me that they said, oh, you should only teach a standard. I said, no, but they're not going to hear that in York. Why should I teach auntie? But why
0: were they <laughs> – Why? Why? so this is your CELTA instructors, right? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Examiners and instructors. Why did they have that opinion then? What were they thinking?
1: Pfft, the way that they justified it was, it's just better to teach a standard. It's just easier and better to teach a standard.
0: It's just sort of simpler for the students to just get one version. I think because they I did. guess they must have been concerned about confusing the students. This is the thinking.
1: They were elementary level. You know, we're talking about the family and the family tree. So you could probably guess the level, but yeah, like elementary A1, A2 level, more like A2, I would say. So I think they're living in York. Why should yeah. I teach them only bath? Why don't I teach them bath? It's like if I were in Liverpool, I would have also told them, like, okay, people don't say chicken here. People say chicken. Like people use this sound. I would do the same yeah. if I were in Liverpool. Like, yeah, yeah. I need to expose the learners to where they are because many of them were living there. Like they had families and stuff in York.
0: And the so, whole bath, yeah. bath thing. Yeah. which you described before as a, uh, how, how do you, how's, what's the name of that distinction again?
1: Ah, uh, the, well, I say the bath what? trap split. <laughs> I would say yeah, bath, bath trap
0: split. That's okay. it. Yeah, you or, or the like bath, it. bath, the podcast, podcast thing. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know what the split is. If you count the number of people who say podcast and the number of people who say podcast, uh, I don't know what the what the the number is, but it's certainly a significant number on both sides. Yeah. There's a significant number of people, like a, maybe even half the people in the country, or more possibly, because if you go from probably somewhere north of where would it be, you start to get to the the, the Midlands, like from where where I'm from, people say podcast there. I think right. So like from the Midlands and and above, then people are saying podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? The English is so diverse and it's difficult to learn a language anyway. So learners have to kind of make a choice about what, which version they're going to learn Mm -hmm. or, but at the same time, it would be unfair and wrong to present only one version of the language and also probably bad for the students as you said depending on their situation if they're actually in yorkshire and people are speaking english that way or even if they're just watching british shows on netflix or they're watching doctor who or something and you get lots of different accents in doctor who um you know it they will then at least know oh i see different people speak in different ways yeah it's really complicated I, did, I think I mentioned earlier, I was like, what type of English should people be learning? Any. Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, really, does it? Um, it's not until you get to like a certain level where people are like, you know what? I would like to speak with more of a British accent or something like that. It's like when I was learning Spanish, I didn't, I, actually, when I started learning Spanish, I was learning South American Spanish. I think it was even maybe Mexican. Yeah, like Mexican Spanish. I think that's what I was learning. So I was learning like, you know, usted. And in Spain, they don't use usted. And it wasn't until like I'd lived in the country a little bit. And we, you know, started like progressing with our Spanish and stuff where I thought, you know what, I quite like the accent here. There was a girl as well who really liked the Catalan accent when they spoke Spanish. So she focused her pronunciation With a teacher on the Spanish uh, on Spanish, but with a Catalan accent, so that when now when she speaks Spanish, she has a slight Catalan accent, and she loves that. And um, you know, this is the thing with um, you know learning learning English is. You will find accents that you really like, like Portuguese. I really like, sorry to my Brazilian listeners and fans, <laughs> but I really like the European Portuguese accent. I love it. And like the, the Lisbon accent. Some people probably listening, shaking their heads, like, I'm just going to unfollow him right now. But I, I really like the Lisbon accent. And they, they have these interesting, like, vowel changes in words that they don't do in other places in Portugal. Um, I love that shh sound. You know, and like how they weaken the vowels. That's ah, so nice. No offense to like Brazilian Portuguese, wonderful accents you've got there. But it's all about preference, isn't it? Like, yeah, you just kind of tune in with certain accents more.
0: Maybe we can think of it like this: that, like, just going back to English, that English is a, a sort of a large building, okay? And ultimately, what you're trying to do is get inside the building right? And there are just many different doors, like some of them are larger than others. But there are just many ways to get in to the building, you know, you can get in mm-hmm. by learning, received pronunciation, which is probably the, the one with the easiest access, to be honest, because all the dictionaries are, are in our standard RP and most of the textbooks and, and you know, things like that. Uh, so that's probably the easiest, that's the main entrance. But there are also other ways to get in different yeah. doors as well. Depending on which uh, which way you approach the building, that's but it. They all lead into the same chamber ultimately.
1: Exactly, hmm. that's it. Yeah. So expose yourself to different accents because I get so many people saying, "Hi, Emma. I understand you, but when I watch Peaky Blinders, I don't understand anything." And it's like, well, watch more Peaky Blinders. Listen to more. Um, where are they from? Birmingham accents. You know, listen to more people who are from Birmingham. Watch some interviews. Whatever like yes people who just limit themselves to one accent and one variety are closing themselves off you know, from other varieties because they think, oh, no, I Scottish, pff, I can't understand Scottish. So they just won't even listen to it. They won't even try. While if they just start exposing themselves more, maybe they'll find another podcast that they love who's done by a Scottish guy who talks about a, a crumpets. And, you know, you find it's your favorite podcast in the world and you would never have discovered that if you had never made that effort to just expose yourself to that accent some more. So, yeah, expose yourself to whatever accents you can, because it will only benefit you in the future. If you narrow yourself to just how your teacher speaks, which is very slow, very clearly, and of course, they articulate so you can understand everything, then you're going to make it very difficult to understand other people, you know. When it comes to like yeah. your own pronunciation, some people think, "How do I get an American accent? How do I get an Australian accent? How do I get a British accent?" Whatever, um, shadowing is a really good way. So you know, listen to someone whose accent that you like and mimic. But just focus mostly on pronunciation rather than accent. You know, don't try and sound like a native speaker is what I tell people. What you need to do is focus on just being understood. So, like um, you said, I could swear a little bit on this podcast. So Go <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a little swear, only, only a little one. Um, you
0: can fucking swear as much as you like.
1: <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so when I was in Spain, uh, one of my tutors, she was uh, Spanish, and she used to say "fuck you." We're going <laughs> to fuck you on this lesson today. And she said that every lesson multiple times and oh, <laughs> and me and the other English girls used to look at each other like oh someone needs to tell her she can't say So
0: it. wait. She was trying to say focus, yeah. but it sounded like she was going, Fuck yous.
1: Yeah, fuck you. Um, so yeah, she, she just kept saying it like, Oh, so today's oh. fuck you. Sis, and, oh, no. oh, but we bless. didn't have the heart to tell her because it's like, it's, you know, she's the tutor. You don't want to correct the teacher, you know?
0: Wait <sighs> a minute. Wait a minute. We've got to stop on the word focus because it's <laughs> such a common problem. It that is. word is, is a nightmare actually for learners of English because everyone, like so many languages will end up saying fuck you fuckus or fu- the, the, fuck that's they're saying fuck you. basically yeah uh, but uh, i'm trying to think is there like a, a quick tip for how to say focus properly oh you've got to get the oh foe focus Fo. and it's not yeah it's us as well focus mm. so what foe like foe like phone like yeah. phone like telephone Fo. oh, no foe. folk, folk yeah. focus
1: if you're going to take there one thing know. away from this podcast, let it be, focus. Yes. <laughs> Don't oh, say so fuckers. No. Um, but yeah, Im- imagine though, like she kept saying that repeatedly, like it would be at least like three or four times in that hour lesson. Do you know what I mean? Um. Mm-hmm. You know, in that lecture that we were doing. And uh, the topic was so interesting. It was about applied linguistics. So we were talking about like, you know, psychology and the mind and stuff like that with linguistics. And then she would just say, oh, yeah. So if we focus on this, I'm like, "Ah, I can't focus now. You know, ironically, I couldn't focus because she was saying that. So going back to my point before about pronunciation, make sure that you're focusing on pronunciation because it can distract people like it did with me and the English girls in that class. It can also cause misunderstandings. Um, so if I say something like, oh, uh, why why is there a shit on the bed? Instead of why is there a sheet on the bed? Uh, whose shit is this? Instead of whose sheet is this? Think, things like that. Um, you don't want to make these kinds of mistakes because they can cause confusion. They can cause embarrassment for you as well. If you then get embarrassed, that can sometimes knock your confidence and then you don't want to speak. I've been there as well. I once got laughed at in a McDonald's in Spain and I didn't speak Spanish for about three months because someone laughed at my order (laughs) in Spanish. Um, And it's so stupid because I think, why did I let them have that power to control me? But it happens. Um, So yeah, focus on pronunciation and be understood. That's the key. that's
0: the main thing i mean that is a point of debate as well on you know should learners of english focus on sounding like a native speaker or not no that's it that's a debate for the ages but the the reason why uh english teachers will say no don't try to sound like a native speaker is because the, the the reason why we're saying that is okay so people who disagree with that they think no uh it's important to aim for the best that you can be you've got to try to aim for perfection that's what they think which yeah. is sort of an admirable approach it's sort of a a good thing in a sense that they are, they are deciding to try to uh be as perfect as they can see th- but this is the problem right that it's not a question of being perfect or imperfect it's a question of being understood or not so yeah. um in a sense when i think when people also, people want to sound like a native speaker for mm-hmm. sort of for uh, competitive reasons within ego. their own country yeah. and ego and stuff like that, but also just being competitive like that you have so much more value uh, in comparison to your peers if you are from a country that doesn't speak English as a first language and you can stand out from the crowd if you speak english and people say oh my god you sound like an english person so that's like a different thing that's not a question of being being understandable and communicating effectively Mm -hmm. that is just about trying to shine in comparison to your neighbors which is a totally other question that's really nothing to do with being uh whether or not people understand you like if you you know so anyway there's that um yeah. but the other the other reason why as teachers we often suggest that people just work on being understandable and that having an accent in english having some influence from l1 your first language is not such a bad thing mm-hmm. is because suggesting to learners of english and i'm so, I'm sort of talking to the audience here so not you you know all of this of course but um, <laughs> you've done degrees but um uh, suggesting to learners of English that they must sound like native speakers can be actually quite damaging because it's very very hard uh, to, to get to the point where you sound exactly like a native English speaker. And it's also not necessary unless you want to be a spy or you're an actor. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. so, so focus on being understandable because yes, the, what am I trying to say? Uh, it, it can put a lot of pressure on people to try to get to perfection. And honestly, a lot of people won't make it, in adulthood, the influence of the first language can be extremely difficult to get rid of completely. And there will always be some traces of that on a person's accent. Some individuals manage to do it, but for others it's not achievable. And this can be crushing actually. And, you know, aiming for absolute perfection in that, in that way can be very tough on a learner. It can destroy your confidence. If you feel like, you know, you're, you're still, you still sound like you're whatever it is, Spanish or, or Russian or something. So obviously we should aim to be the best we can be but it's got to be on being understandable. So we have to kind of recalibrate our targets. It's healthier and probably uh, more more realistic to try to be understandable rather than to sound exactly like an, a native English speaker. Mm-hmm. But it's a question of choice I suppose. People will still choose to 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 to, to do things. Um, yeah. Having a having a model to aim for as well is is a, is obviously a worthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's the, a complicated issue.
1: It it is. For for the people who for the people who want to sound native, I, I always say the same thing. Do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, yeah. just do whatever you want to do. Because the beauty of language is that you can control your own language, you can speak how you want to speak. So if you want to sound like some Someone from London, let's say a Cockney, okay? I've had people come to me and say, I really want a Cockney accent. I love it. I'm like, go for it. (laughs) Do whatever you want. Um, so long as you're not imposing your belief that you should sound like a native on other people, you're not harming anyone else. And this is like something I kind of live by all the time: is do whatever you want. So long as you're not hurting someone else. And so if you want to. Aim to sound like a Cockney, if that's what you want, then go for it. But it's the moment when people start pushing those beliefs on other people. Like, what? You have a really strong Spanish accent. Your English is rubbish. Like, even though they have like a C1, C2 level, but they have an accent, you know? Oh, no. You should sound like a native by that level. No. I can understand the C1, C2, level one. Absolutely fine. Why should they sound like me you know it doesn't make sense why should they have a slightly northern accent or whatever it, yeah. you know it's it's that that i think is damaging so if you have these beliefs like keep them to yourself and apply them to yourself but yeah it's when people start going around saying you know online like um i see some uh, non-native english teachers on youtube and the comments are just like oh your accent's so bad and it's like but I understand them fine, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't matter.
0: English is a broad church. It's a very diverse language. We have so many different versions of English. And um, let's think of it that way, that there are just, you know, you've got English from Liverpool, English from parts of Scotland, yes. English from all these different regions in the uk parts of ireland northern ireland all over the united states canada um you know australia new zealand uh, many and many many other little varieties of english too that we don't always hear about all the time and so you know spanish uh english with a bit of a spanish accent english with a bit of a french accent Thousand it's master. all part of the same kind of um broad uh church really as long as you're being understood yeah um Uh, emma i could talk to you for ages i just wanted to i wanted to ask you a couple of other things you also do as well as pronunciation with emma the youtube channel you also do something called procrastination with emma uh, which (laughs) sounds fun can you tell us what what procrastination with emma is
1: it's a bit of a mouthful isn't it um yes so pronunciation with emma just focuses on pronunciation okay procrastination with emma is my it's is where i can be like a little bit less professional and more myself because what happens when you put yourself online is that you you kind of have to retain some level of professionalism and um i wanted to be a bit more myself
0: well, no one I- never told me that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well <laughs> now we know
0: <laughs> no you're right um, you're right
1: <laughs> but you, you know what i mean like for certain people like the level of professionalism is different some people like to wear a suit in their youtube videos when they teach because they feel more professional i mm-hmm. wear whatever i want um but maybe i just don't swear as much or um you know Whatever that kind or, of stuff, or,
0: or share personal things and, and and so on. You know, just focus exactly. on just focus on teaching the language. Yep,
1: exactly. Or talk about you know how I went to the pub on Friday night and got absolutely wrecked, and you know, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. share that stuff. Like, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm not going to the pub now. It's Corona. Just want to clarify. Actually, I hardly go to the pub. I have no friends. Ha. Huh? Um, <laughs> <so laughs> I drink alone. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to kind of be myself a little bit more and um I really like playing video games and I've always told people like I think that playing video games is like a well-rounded you know way to improve your language skills no matter what you're learning so I like video games I love doing lives So I used to do a lot of uh, Instagram lives and then I stopped because Instagram's complicated. And then I did a lot of YouTube lives and then now I've kind of stopped that because like it gets really manic on there. The chat kind of scares me how fast it goes. Um, And now I do Twitch streaming. So Twitch is, for people who don't know, a platform like YouTube, because everyone knows YouTube, it's like YouTube, but only for live streams. So there are no videos there, just um, repeats, you know, like if someone streams, it will save it for 14 days and you can watch people live playing video games. Now, when I first heard this concept, I thought, wow, that's really sad. <laughs> Why don't you just play the game? But from like a language learning perspective, it's brilliant because you can play the game through me, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I'm playing the game. You're watching the game. You're getting the language from the game. So I normally switch yeah. on subtitles. But I'm also there as well, explaining things, talking to people in the chat. And there's such a nice community that I've kind of developed there. So people are helping each other. So maybe someone, you know, jumps in, they see a word that they don't know, like, oh, Emma, what does... um. I don't know, uh, pick up mean (laughs) in that context. And people in the chat will respond and help each other, which is so nice. So it's kind of like taking the responsibility off me a little bit. And I'm, you know, letting learners help each other, which is nice. But of course, I'm there as well. A lot of games that I play feature different accents. So a lot of them are American games or Canadian or. Uh, some of them are British as well. don't think I've played any Australian games or anything like that, but um, mm-hmm. mostly the voice acting is by Americans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm exposing people to different accents as well, and that's something I wanted to do. Like, I keep meaning to stream GTA, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five. I I, mm-hmm. I love this game. I remember I played Vice City when I was, like, 13, and 13 year olds shouldn't play it, but anyway, I did. It's how- <laughs> it explains so much, doesn't it, how I turned out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like GTA is amazing for accents because the characters. I think you play three different characters. You yeah. you get a different type of English. Like ah, oh, what's the name of the guy at the beginning? Trevor, I think
0: Michael. Um, Franklin.
1: Franklin is he the one that lives with like his aunt? Yes. Um,
0: he's the he's the one who's stealing cars at the beginning his, of the game.
1: That's it. Oh yeah, Trevor. I... God. Yeah, Franklin. Trevor
0: is wrong. Trevor is the hilarious madman who who yes. when you when you join him in the game, he's usually like drunk. He's waking <laughs> yeah. up drunk uh, on a mountain or something.
1: <laughs> that's it. Michael's like the kind of rich one. Michael um, is the
0: uh, M- Michael is basically Henry Hill from Goodfellas. He's <laughs> trying to go. St- he's trying to go straight, uh, but <laughs> yeah. uh, they keep pulling him back in to the gang gang world.
1: That's it. And he's
0: having he's having therapy.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's Franklin who uh bless it. oh he's got the dog what what's it called chop i think the dog chop, called chop. Yeah. yeah so yeah <laughs> you um you listen to Franklin for example and the way that he speaks and the slang he uses is so different to what Michael and Trevor use it's completely different and um you know i keep meaning to stream it but i i keep getting distracted by other games that people want me to play but that's the beauty of video games is that you can be transported into this other world and uh, it's interactive. Like you are controlling the story. If you don't move, the story doesn't happen, which makes it more active than, say, watching a TV series. I find that watching a TV series isn't you're not as involved. It's a bit passive mm. sometimes. We can kind of phase out a little bit halfway through, but with a game, you can't you have to be completely focused the entire time. So yeah, I, I stream mostly like walking simulators, which sounds like the saddest genre, but actually it's like, um.
0: Wait, what's a walking simulator?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you basically just, um, Hmm. you have a story and you need to walk around. (laughs) Sounds so sad. (laughs) It's more fun. It's more fun than it sounds. (laughs) You walk around to reveal the story, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I really like choice-based games. So games like Life is Strange, Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain. Oh, there's a new one that's just come out. Tell Me Why, uh, which reminds me of that song, like, tell me why. Like every time I hear it.
0: Is it hard to make arrangements? Neil Young. (laughs)
1: I was thinking of, um, oh, who sang it like Tommy why ain't nothing but a heart. So, well, how's it going? Backstreet,
0: Backstreet Boys. I
1: think it might be Backstreet Boys. But anyway, it reminds me of that song. So, um, yeah, these choice based games where you have, at certain points of the story, you have choices. And depending on the choice that you make, it affects the story later on. So there are some games, I think it's called Detroit. Is it just called Detroit? I feel like there's something coming after, but not sure. Yeah, there's a game called De- Detroit something. Detroit, ah, Detroit, Detroit become something. Detroit? Sorry, <laughs> Detroit become human. It's called. Okay. And basically, you play as different characters. And I think there are something like 14 different endings. Like there's a crazy number of endings. So you can play through it quite a few times and get a completely different gaming experience. And these are the kind of games that I like playing. And I sometimes play like strategy games as well. So things like Age of Mythology, Age of Empires. That's a really old one. Mm. What else do I put? I've got Crazy Taxi on here, which I love.
0: Crazy Taxi. Taxi,
1: crazy taxi yeah i love that game so much and the music you know yeah, yeah. city builders as well i love those uh management games yeah I've, i i love like kind of management games as well probably because i'm such a control freak um so yeah planet zoo <laughs> zoo tycoon um roller coaster tycoon uh jurassic world like all of these yeah <sighs>
0: Oh, I really want to do this. I really want to do some Twitch gaming myself. It sounds like so much fun.
1: There are only two teachers doing this. There's me and there's an American girl. There's, there's no one else. It's just me and this other girl. Mm, you yum, need yum, to join. Yum, I'm, yum. I'm trying I'm trying to find some other teachers to join because I'm so lonely over there. Like the other girl's really lovely. And I talked to her from time to time and I joined some of her streams. Um, and we were talking like a little bit about doing a potential collab so, yeah, the two only two Twitch English teachers collabing, it would be kind of cool.
0: Do I need a certain computer? Because I've got an old uh, MacBook Pro and I don't know if I can run any games. It doesn't do games, does it, really, the MacBook? I mean, Apple, they're not great for games.
1: I had the Sims 4. On my Mac, and it struggled. You know, I had a MacBook Pro as well. I still do yeah. somewhat. Um, but, yeah, I had to invest in a PC to do streaming because running uh, streaming software like OBS and the game is very, it's very CPU and GPU intensive. So you need to make yeah. sure you've got a decent PC to do it. Yeah.
0: One of these days, uh, I don't know when because it's a question of space as well, physical space. I'd need an actual place in my apartment to have the PC. But one of these days I will get a PC that's all (laughs) spec'd up and I'll be able to use it to do Twitch gaming and I'll go on and I'll have lots of stupid fun yeah, uh, doing all the
1: accents. And
0: it sounds yeah. amazing. How do I we actually it. find you on, on, on Twitch then?
1: So if you go to the Twitch website or the Twitch app, you can download it on your phone or tablet. Um, just search for Procrastination with Emma. And you'll find me. Yeah, I'm also like on Instagram and Twitter as well as procrastination with Emma. So you can find me there as well. I don't really post much to my other social medias like my Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, I'm mostly on Twitch. I stream every week on Twitch. And um, yeah, it's going well. I really enjoy it. I I started out as like just a bit of fun. Like I like games. I like streaming. I like teaching. I'm going to combine it. I'm going to do this. Uh, and then when I found out I was, like, one of the only ones doing it, I thought, ooh, this is quite a new thing. So right now, like, me and the other girl, we're just doing our thing because there's no um, expectation, let's say. It's like when you go to YouTube, it's like a lot of talking head videos, isn't it? Like, this is a word, repeat after me, this kind of thing. On Twitch, it's like a completely different ball game. It's a completely different thing. Oh, so, yeah, man. it's good. And for people who say they don't like video games... If you watch TV series, if you like films, come and watch. Watch Luke's future one when he starts (laughs) because it would be good if you did. Oh,
0: my God. I can't wait. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that. I really don't because, you know, we're probably going to move to a new place that's going to be a bit smaller. I'm not sure uh, when I'm going to be able to do it. But one day,
1: I will do it. Coming soon. Yeah. (laughs) I will remember this. And if you don't do it, I'm going to come back to this episode. i going to be like, Lou, you said you would join us. There are still only two of us.
0: <laughs> when I can, I will. I I, I swear.
1: Yeah, it's having the, the money, the space, the time, like everything, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah it's all of these things. But um, no, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So if people think, I don't like video games, but I like TV series and stuff like that, um. Try, you know, just come along, watch for a little bit. Uh, people in the chat, they talk a little bit of rubbish as well. I talk a bit of rubbish and it's good fun. Like we have a lot of banter and stuff like that. It really is. I also have a Discord group as well. So if people want to find people to talk to in English, like they want to make friends, my Discord server is completely free to join. Like anyone can join it. And there are people in there who have made really good friends. Like there's a little community in there already. It's so nice.
0: So on Discord, is that procrastination with Emma as well?
1: So on Discord, for people who don't know what Discord is, it's basically, think of like WhatsApp <laughs> with different groups that you could join. And within those groups, there are subgroups with specific topics. Think of it like that. But it's mostly used by gamers because you can do live video calling. And um there is a little voice call group in the Discord group that I have that some people sometimes join and they talk to each other. I don't know what's about. No, joined. They're probably, you know, talking rubbish about me. <laughs> like They normally do. <laughs> like the, There's like this whole kind of um chat, like one of the channels in there is just memes. And some of them just like clip bits from my streams or my stories. And it's me with like a double chin. And then they just like put that in there. So like this entire meme, it's just like them laughing at me and taking the mick out of me they love it i love it it doesn't matter you know
0: <laughs> you're living you're living the meme dream
1: i i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is
0: i don't know what that is either but i guess that the meme dream is where you've reached a point where you you're being turned into a meme uh, yeah. which is quite quite good i suppose I guess, Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, that sounds brilliant. That sounds like so much fun. Uh, Emma, thank you so much for talking to me and my audience. It's been really good. No problem. Good to get to know you you and to find out all these things. I hope the listeners agree. And, um, you know, best of luck and stuff. And uh, I'll check out some of your Twitch videos, I think.
1: I'm streaming today. So you can join me today. So I stream every single week on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. UK time. So Wherever you are. Well, you're an hour ahead. So 5 p.m. for you. Okay. Yeah. So 4 p.m. UK time. Every Wednesday, I'm streaming normally a different game each week. It depends. People are, people vote. Today, I'm going to be playing, uh, Skyrim. And, um, yeah, people seem to like it when I play Skyrim. I think it's because I'm so bad. And, um, you know, you, you have a character in there, right? So I don't just call myself Emma. Like I, I gave myself, you know, like a, a proper name so i call myself emma of jorvik because jorvik is the old (laughs) viking name for york so yeah during the stream today i'll be emma of jorvik no one's allowed to call me emma (laughs) so i'll get fully into role yes it's it's good fun yeah the community is crazy i love them
0: (laughs) yeah brilliant okay then well uh great have a good time and um all the best cheers thank you So that was Pronunciation Pragmatics and Procrastination with Emma from Pronunciation with Emma on YouTube and Procrastination with Emma on Twitch. That's quite a mouthful, isn't it, again? Um, do you feel that you're able to say procrastination yet? Have you got got there? Um, maybe if you've been repeating. Um, anyway, um, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation in various ways, including just general knowledge, linguistic knowledge, and not to mention specific vocabulary and phrases that you might have noticed. Thanks again to Emma for being a great guest on the show. She recently got her 100,000 subscriber sort of plaque thing from YouTube. I've talked about it recently because I'm sort of approaching 100,000 subscribers. It's going to take a while to get there, but um, hopefully I will. And when you get to 100,000, YouTube will send you in the post this amazing thing. And it's like, did did we talk about it? I think maybe we talked about it just then. I don't remember. Anyway, she got to 100,000 subscribers, which is cool. So anyway, thanks to Emma again. Uh, All right, then, listeners. Um, Here we are, mid-December. Christmas time is approaching fast. Are you ready? I'm not completely ready. I'm starting to stress out about it. Actually, I'm not as ready as I should be. Uh, I need to get moving. I've got stuff to do. Um, normally at Christmas I take a break for a couple of weeks, but since I'm not going back to the UK this year because of bloody COVID nineteen, God, COVID eighteen and seventeen, what about all the other covids? They're fine. We're fine with them, but COVID-19 was the one. Anyway, um, um, I'm not going back to the UK this year for Christmas, so I might continue podcasting. Um, I certainly have a few episodes in the pipeline, and they'll drop over the coming weeks. I might take a break in the new year, but we will see. Um, So episodes in the pipeline include more conversations with guests on different topics and a returning guest who is a friend of the podcast who we haven't heard from in a while. Who is that going to be? Yes, that's right. It's Paul McCartney. It's not actually Paul McCartney, although Paul's been doing a lot of interviews, you know, on the radio and stuff recently to sort of promote the new album. You know, it's just during the lockdown or the rockdown, as I'm calling it. You know, I just sort of worked away on a few little little tunes, you know, played a little bit of bass. Uh, So anyway, that's coming out in, in, uh, in about a week. Anyway, anyway, different guests... Uh, It's not Paul McCartney. Maybe another Paul. We will see. Anyway, also, Premium 27 parts 3 and 8 are coming with the usual language practice and pronunciation work. Remember, all my Premium series have a lot of pronunciation drills so you can improve your speaking by simply repeating after me, paying attention to certain little language features as we go. teacherluke.co.uk slash info. Um, in terms of the competition, again, thank you to those of you who voted. As I said before, voting is closed now, and I'm working on the next stage in which I will announce the winner or winners and the next steps for things like interviews, which will probably happen in the new year. So hold tight for the results of the competition. Competition? No, that's not how you say competition. Competition. Hold tight for the results of the Competition what what happened to your accent i I don't know it sort of broke for a moment it's okay but in in any case hold tight for the results of the competition and thanks for voting that's all i have to say at this point except that i hope that you are well please stay safe stay positive be excellent to each other and i will speak to you again on the podcast soon but for now it's time to say goodbye bye 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 bye